Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. I'm super excited about today's episode. And as we were just kind of talking off camera and prepping for this, I had this thought go through my mind. You know, there's people that come into your world and and this is a lesson I think for the audience. I know it's been a lesson for me, but when when you know that you're connected with someone or you know that you need to reach out to someone or you know that, you know, even if it's just on social media and and you're constantly connecting, and then you meet that person, and I'm sure all of you have had this experience and, and you just go deep. Well, today's guest is no different because we've been connected, you know, through social media and through the podcast and and this kind of stuff. But I recently only uh I only recently met uh Randy. And honestly, I was telling him off camera, I feel like I've known him forever, but as we're getting ready to get into the show and and just kind of like, you know, some of the 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 backroom stuff, I got really excited about this today because I don't know a ton about Randy and none of that matters. I know that he's a successful individual. I know he's chasing freedom. I know he's a family guy. And so when we really, when, when we have somebody in our world that we connect to, and and this is the point that I wanted to bring across, we, we need to, we need to, we need to hear that and we need to recognize that and we need to go deeper. And so I'm really excited about today's episode, even though I don't fully know what it's going to bring. I know that the audience here at Investing for Freedom is all about relationships and the pillars of family and values and success and finding that freedom and the things that we want. And I know that Randy is a man that is going after the same thing. So Randy, welcome to the show. Appreciate it, Mike. Yeah, super excited to be here, hoping to add as much value to the community as we possibly can. So looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun, man. So let's get into the four questions. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be? My ability to, and we'll get in maybe a little bit to more of my story, but when I had my adversity happen, that kind of led me down the journey of entrepreneurial, my entrepreneurial journey, my personal development journey. I decided at that moment that I was going to start kind of uh, let things show me the way more or less. And I was willing to take action without the questions of doubt, the uncertainty, uh, as things became, or, you know, as I became aware of certain things, I would act upon them versus questioning them. And my ability to do that successfully has led me to being here literally today. Because had I not made, you know, however many decisions ago to get me to the point where I am today, uh, that's been definitely the number one thing that has led me to where I'm at. It's basically just to, in this face of fear and the face of uncertainty and doubt. Uh, to leap in, to step in and uh, let everything just kind of fall as they may and just keep taking action for sure. You know, there's so many times that as, as I'm sitting on the show and I'm listening to the answers to these questions and yours, yours specifically, and again, I am excited to dig into it, but in that face of uncertainty and adversity and even the time that we're in right now, I'm really excited to unpack that a little bit because, I mean, I think we might be living in some of the most challenging times that our generation and even our parents' generation um, have seen. And when we look at the future too, 
when I think about our kids and we have kids that are, you know, somewhat in the similar age range, when we look at the future and we look at, you know, thinking about our grandchildren and, and even, you know, just the uncertainty and the fear that's existing right now today in so many people. And then hearing what you said, like, you know, that's the thing, just looking at that fear in the face and, and just overcoming that. I think a lot of people might, you know, hear that and say, okay, you know, that's great. It's, it's good information. But really, I think it's really important that we understand these core principles and that thing that you're saying that's so important because really pushing through that fear. I remember somebody telling me one time uh, a statement like when you're going through hell, don't stop. Like you got to keep going, man. You don't want to, you know, when you're going through the muck, like that's the worst place to just fold and and lay down. And so when you're talking about overcoming adversity and and facing that fear and pushing through it, man, that's valuable. One thing I was taught and it's been years ago, and I started to do this early in the journey, but I really kind of discovered a little bit more um, more texture to it, I guess, maybe more context to it, was that nothing is revealed to you as far as an option or even where to go until you make a decision. Mm. So the decision comes first. Uh, and without the decision, you don't know where to go. So once again, with my story, once I realized and decided that I was not going to accept the situation that I was in, and I, I, I drew the line in the sand, I decided I was going to move forward. And with that decision became the way it was revealed to me. And then I've just been able to step into that. So as I keep hearing things, listening to things, discovering things, uh, meeting you was a perfect example. That was a, a situation that arose uh, through a one of your podcasts and says, Hey, if you want to find out more, do this. And I don't question things like that. When it when it resonates with me as the step forward, right? Had the vision, it met with my vision. And it was something that I was excited to do. I've learned to just step into it. Don't question it. Uh, but it just starts with that decision first. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you just have to figure out exactly what it is that you're looking for. Uh, and once you do that, uh, the how will be presented to you. And that's, that's been my experience so far. You know, I think this is the reason why a very, very small percentage of people are, you know, really find the success that they want in life, that they really find that freedom that we're really here to talk about is because, you know, I think a lot of people, there's, there's the age old question, whether it's, you know, are people born entrepreneurs? Are people born, you know, salespeople? Are, are we stuck with a personality type? And while I do think, you know, that there's a bunch of different personality types and when you take the disc profile and everything else, yes, there's a common trait when it comes to leaders, et cetera. But when you said that, like nothing is revealed to you until you make a decision, like that makes so much sense to me. And I think that that's why such a small percentage of people really find the freedom and the success and the path that they're looking for is because it, it kind of ties back into what you said originally, you know, overcoming that fear. But when Karen and I, I so relate to what you're saying, because when we know we need to do something, we don't spend a lot of time like debating and a lot of a lot of people that are really, you know, financially successful that have like this 27 point checklist on decision making. That's not me, man. I'm like, okay, I know I need to do this. I don't know exactly where it's going to get me, but I know I need to make it happen. And every time I've done that, well, I shouldn't say it every time because not everything works out every time. I'm, I'm trying to think of a negative, which I really can't right now. But um, every, every time that I've really known that we needed to jump into a mastermind or start a business or, or whatever, when I was on, like it worked out. 
that's exactly been my experience as well. So it's a matter of, it's your intuition, right? It's your gut feeling. I mean, you can coin it and name it different things, but it's, it's your internal guidance system that is trying to point you in the right direction. And it knows, it knows what you want, even though your, your mind, right? Your subconscious mind is fighting back because it's change. We all fight change. Change isn't necessarily comfortable. And if you don't learn to acknowledge that it's there, see the opportunity in front of you and then weigh the pros and cons of taking a step versus not taking a step and then trust your gut, trust your intuition. It's uh, there again, from my experience, when I've done that and done that openly, not necessarily too concerned about the result, but just basically in faith, right? You're just, you're stepping in faith and it's just a matter of then allowing it to happen. Mm -hmm. And every, every time that that's happened, and like you said, maybe every probably isn't the right word. Mm-hmm. Let's just say mask the vast majority of the times that I've done that. Things that I couldn't even begin to imagine mm-hmm. just begin to appear. Opportunities, mm-hmm. um, friendships, relationships, uh, you name it, whether it's financial or even just, you know, like I said, from a uh, friendship way, right? Yeah. Uh, every time I've done that, something bigger and better values is come back to me. Mm-hmm. And so that gives me more courage to keep doing it. Right. So I'm, I'm learning to do it even more and even bigger. And that's why I'm super excited, obviously leading forward. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of people out there with some uncertainty and some doubt, even going into what's going on with the end of here, 2022 going into 23, mm-hmm. that I would just encourage folks to just think through what is it that they truly want and start with that question first and then once they have those ideas, just make, who is it that you need to get around? Yeah. Uh, who does you need to follow? I mean, and so when you start asking yourself those questions, you're going to start getting answers, right? It's your thoughts, but then it's stepping into those thoughts. Once you have that thought, don't question it. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Go get the book. Go to the library. Jump on the call. Fly down to Austin. Whatever it takes, just get it done, <laughs> right? And so that's why I've, I've tried to, to be, and I encourage folks to do the same as much as possible. It's not easy. I'm not saying that at all, but um, from my experience, it's definitely been a big benefit so far for me. You know, as we're talking through this, I'm even when I was thinking like, you know, every time when I start, I started taking some inventory as, as you're talking through this. And, you know, when I, when things haven't worked out for me, what I'm realizing, Randy, is that I'm not leading, I'm not leading with my true compass. I'm not leading with my true values. So a, a for instance is, um, you know, when I, when I sold the company in 2014 and I bought back a company a year later that a a part of the company, I bought back a division, which was a kitchen and bath remodeling division because I was bored and that didn't work out. It wasn't horrible, but it didn't work out great. And, and I'll never forget, you know, asking Kara, what do you think about this? And she's like, well, do whatever you want, but I don't think it's a good idea. It doesn't, it doesn't really sound like, and I did it anyway. And what I'm thinking as you're talking through this, it's like, when I lead with my values or I'm making decisions based on, you know, desires and things that I've really been thinking through when, when we're, when we get really clear on what it is we need or, or where we want to go into the next season, when I made that decision, I was bored. I had lost my purpose. I didn't know what was next. And I've said this so many times, I, you know, we grow weary in the waiting season. I was just bored and I, I, I had kind of lost my purpose and, and, and I jumped into, you know, just another business when really it was about, it was about just staying busy and making money. Those are not part of my core values that, you know, I lead with in life. And as you're talking about, you know, all of this and, and making the decisions I've noticed. And even recently I've been in a season where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really just searching 
and and I know that some big things are coming. What does it look like? And as you start really mapping out that vision, as you know, Matt King spoke of at the uh, the couples event that you guys were at a couple of weeks ago, you know, just really creating that vivid vision and what does it look like? You might not know exactly, but when you get clear on where you want to go, all the characters start showing up. The characters, meaning the people that you need, the employees that you need, the investment partners that you need, the business opportunities, they start coming. And so when we're in the right when we're in the right mindset and we're leading with our values and we've got a clear path in our vision, I think that's where the things start lining up for us. And when you say, you know, just take that next right step or however you said it, nothing is revealed to you until you make the decision. That's what you said. Um, that's the important thing because I think so many people are frozen with fear because they won't make that next decision because they're not clear on where they want to go. 100%. So Everybody worries about step three, four, five, six, however many it is to the final destination. When you don't necessarily need to worry about those steps, even our meeting, like I said, it's only been a couple of weeks ago and we feel like we've known each other for quite some time. I, the feeling's mutual. And had that, had I not had the vision of what I'm looking for, right? I'm looking for relationships. I'm looking for strong men, strong businessmen, strong husbands, you're right. Those are the visions that I've got that I'm looking for in my internal compass, mm -hmm. which has attracted me to you, which then you see what I'm saying? Yep. Step three, four, and five. I don't necessarily need to worry about that. Where this goes, I don't know, yeah. but I'm excited about it, yeah. right? I have a vision of what I see for myself and for my wife and for my family. But at the end of the day, uh, it's having that clarity, but not being overly concerned about it. Mm -hmm. Because if I worry about three, four, and five, those steps, it's going to keep me from showing up and being present with you right now. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I can control. Yeah. The energy that I'm bringing with you, right? Mm -hmm. In this interview, yeah. uh, anytime we've had a chance to talk. Uh, so anyways, that's what I really try to focus on is, is now, right? What's my next step? Um, and then letting it happen. Mm -hmm. And then just not really necessarily worrying about Knowing that the, the results will show the way if I'm if I'm aware of them or, you know, what I mean, if I'm paying attention and not blindly, if I'm taking control of my thoughts and emotions, I just know that I'm going to be able to see at least some options. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I just need to step into whichever one feels the best at that moment. And that's there again. It's just uh, it's actually because it starts to become fun. Right. Because the journey is is. Uh, you never know, yeah. even this today, right? We didn't know this was going to take place today. Yeah. But for us to be on this call, it must have, you know, it's, it's just really cool. So it, it's it's a lot of fun, for sure. Yeah, I like it. You know, I'm thinking back to, to two, and I always talk about this, the, you know, the fifth part of, of the, the five-step process that I always think about is adjusting. And that's the thing that I think keep, keeps people like frozen with fear. You have to realize that even if you're starting to veer off track, as long as you come back to your North Compass, and, and really figure out what that is. I mean, you just adjust and you get back on. And, and honestly, even if we need to do a 180 or, you know, a complete 360 or whatever, giving yourself the freedom to be able to do that is important. And I'm thinking back to, I heard Norman Schwarzkopf speak in, in 2000 at a symposium with Franklin Covey. And I won't tell the whole story, but basically what it came down to, huge decision needed to be made. Um, his boss made it, a bunch of other previous generals couldn't. And Norman said to him when they were behind the curtain, he said, Hey, how did you know that, you know, this is the right decision and blah, blah, blah. And his, the, the, the new four-star general, Norman was a two-star general said to him, Norman, you know, I, I don't know that it was the right decision, 
but I know that we've got the right team in place. And I know that even if it was a bad decision, the people and the, the team that we're surrounded with will take that decision and will adjust and will make it good. And that's stuck with me for so long because even when Kara and I, we're not going to get it right every time, but you just start adjusting to it. And I think when you were talking about like decision four, five, six, seven, eight, when people are like so far down that pathway, they're just frozen with indecision. And I, again, I think that's why such a small percentage of people are, don't find the freedom, you know, this that we're really looking for because they're just frozen with fear way back at the beginning line while everybody else is just down there adjusting. And it's not because a small percentage of people were born with a purpose or, you know, God preordained them to be successful. It's because they're frozen at the start line and can't get moving. You know, you've got to, you've got to make the leap. Yeah. Uh, just having a conversation with my son. I mean, it's there again, it's, it's, uh, it's very, it affects everybody in different ways. And he's, kind of an issue. And when I say issue, I just mean he's a challenge in his own thinking that he's stuck in this box thinking that he can't take the first two or three steps because he has to have it all put in place. You know what I mean? He wants to see the vision in place before he takes the step, whether it's his business or whether it's a relationship or whatever. And I keep trying to encourage him that you're not going to see those next few steps until you get off the ledge and just, just do it. Just put it out there. Mm-hmm. If it's good, bad, you know, that's up for debate. And it doesn't necessarily even matter. Who cares necessarily what anybody thinks? The point is, is that you at least take action and, you know, you get rewarded for that action. You know, you've got to show up. You've got to obviously participate. You've got to bring some energy. I mean, you can't just, you can't be a a taker. You've got to be a giver, right? So if you're willing to give uh, and then be reciprocal, right? And then there again, it just, it just grows and grows and grows and grows. Uh, to the point where there again, it starts to become fun, which is, is super, super exciting. So I'm encouraging him to do those things. And then obviously I would encourage anybody else that might be struggling with those same things as well. It's not easy. That's, I don't want to make sure that I make that clear. I get it. You know what I mean? It, you know, it's easy for you to say, I get that. It, it wasn't easy for me back in 2007 when I first started this part of my journey, right? It was not easy for me, but it was a decision. That led me then to test small, right? With some baby step, you know, baby steps, basically some basic baby step decisions that may or may not have, you know, broke the bank or, you know, they weren't world changing by any means, but they proved that it was right, which led me to have the courage to take the next next step and then just so on and so on. I love it. For sure. Randy, what was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it? That takes me back to the very beginning. There again, I've been referring back to my my story. My greatest setback was back in 2007. I was uh, I was a corporate guy, meaning I was fully in the W two world. I was in retail, uh, grocery management. I was uh, for a local uh, grocery store in Indiana, is where I'm from. So it was uh, located here in Indianapolis. So it was just a regional chain. We had some stores in Ohio. Uh, mainly in Indiana, uh, maybe one or two in, in Illinois, but anyway, it's very close and very local. But uh, I started there when I was right out of high school or when I was actually in high school, uh, decided to move into it, make it more of a full-time career. But I met my, or when I met my wife and got married to my wife and we decided we were going to go on full force with the relationship, that type of thing. I went head first into, I was trying to climb the corporate ladder, right? So that the, the stairway was, uh, basically clerk to management, to supervisor, to, you know, corporate position all the way up the food chain. Right. So that's kind of the path I was trying to go down. 
And I made it to the store manager level, which I was trying to get to the supervisor level at the, after that. But I was in my mid-30s and just grinding 24-7, 365. If anybody's familiar with retail, that's, that's the retail life. And I was willing to do it, put in the hours, put in the time. And what happened, and that was my biggest setback, was that I found out one morning my supervisor came in, my supervisor of my store came in unexpectedly, and I knew something was up. I knew that wasn't a good sign because he had a, he and I had a pretty good relationship. We didn't necessarily have, for him to show up unexpected there again, I knew something was going on. He proceeded to tell me that, you know, hey, we just need to go chat in the office. And I'm like, okay, here we go. So then come in the office, slammed the door behind me, scared, scared. The, <laughs> there was a really loud, big, heavy door. But anyways, he went on to tell me that they were going to close my location. I was the store manager of this, of this store. Mm. I had 30 days to liquidate the inventory, um, basically inform all of my staff, my vendors, everybody. Because I, I was, you know, I was responsible for the entire building, top to bottom. Um, but we had 30 days to liquidate and we weren't sure exactly what was going to happen. Uh, he assured me at that moment that I was going to be secure with my position. Obviously, it just wasn't going to be at that store. But my there again, the, I realized at that moment that I was just a number. I was putting in so much effort into building their business that I was doing great. You know what I mean? I had the title. I had the position. I had the whatever. But I realized in that moment, in that morning, it was all taken away from me in an instant. And that day is what set me on the path of making different decisions, which has led me to having this conversation with you today. Wow, that's crazy. You know, um, Kara, Kara and I were talking about this yesterday, and this is completely different, but uh, somebody made a comment to me yesterday that um, it actually, I think, originated with, with Chris Harder. He's not the one that shared it with me, but, you know, he made the comment and he said, um, bad people are not the only ones who do bad things. Good people in bad positions do bad things. And while it doesn't directly correlate, you know, a lot of times when we're thinking about corporate America and just being a number, I don't think that really the majority of people in court, like your, your supervisor, I'm sure was a great human and probably everybody up the ladder in this time that we're going into too is a great example. And, and I don't, that, you know, it's probably a really timely place for people to be, you know, hearing and thinking about this too, because I'm sure your supervisor was a great person. You said you had a great relationship and you had a great job and a great position. And the company was probably, you know, they're probably full of great people. But when challenging times come along, and this is the part Kara said yesterday, she said, you know, when even even the statement that we talked about earlier, like, what are they going to do? Take our kids? You know, that was a spot where I'm not a bad person. I was in a bad spot because a client, a gold mine went bankrupt and I couldn't pay my vendors. And so I needed some time to get through that. And I was stressed out trying to fix everything. And Kara says, what are they going to do? Take your kids? I'm like, okay, regroup come down to base. I ended up, I've never not paid a debt. I've never filed bankruptcy. Actually, side note, one of my goals, you know, cause you hear all these stories where the majority of really, really successful people went bankrupt by the time they were 30. And I was like, I was always like secretly, I'm like, I'm going to go bankrupt by the time I'm 30, but I, I never did. And I'm thankful for that. But when you think about this story that you just told, like, I think it's kind of like a wake up call probably for, you know, many of our listeners, whether whether we're managing down or whether we're managing up per se, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how great of an organization you're in. You could have the best leadership of the top that really cares about humans. And when the economy shifts and the market shifts, you got to really, 
you got to really factor in like, where am I really at in this order? Which, you know, to your position, I'm sure you worked your tail off and you realized you were just a number. Yeah, hundred percent. And so at that moment, that was the decision that it was control. I was, I was willing to do the work and I still am right. Physically, mentally, put in the effort. Right. But at the same time, I was, I was completely out of control. I didn't have control of the outcome. I uh, didn't have control of that business. I, I knew intimately the, the numbers of that business, right? For that location anyways, managed folks as far as I had a staff, hired, fired, uh, trained. Anyways, it was, yeah, the whole time, obviously the, I'm very grateful for the experience because it has led me to be able to be a better husband, father, entrepreneur, you know, business owner. But at the same time, yeah, it was it was definitely a huge wake up call that that's where the control that's the word I like to use is control is I took back both my finances, right? Because I and what I mean by that is I was in control of my I started to become control of my paycheck, basically, right of my income through business versus having it being responsible in a W2 environment. Um, And then the personal development side for myself as well, right? So my mindset and my skill set. Right. I had certain skills that related in the retail world, but at the same time, as you bring, you know, venture out into the different spaces, right? Different people, different places, you, you know, it requires a different skill set. So I had to build that muscle as well. So I took control of that too. So that's what there again is, is where that adversity showed up. That was definitely the big takeaways, which has propelled me to where I am today. Yeah. It's such a great lesson because, and again, even in, I mean, it's always a great lesson, but in times like this, um, I was talking to a guy last week that's a great friend of mine and I had messaged him. We were supposed to, we were working on something and he texted me and he said, Hey, I apologize. It was like Friday morning. He, he messaged me late in the day and he said, can you remind me about this Monday? He said, um, I'm sitting here staring at my computer screen and I have to let one of my employees go. And I'm just trying to get the guts up to go in there and, and do this because he doesn't want to let him go, but the market's shifting. He, he's a very, very caring human. And it's not like he was letting this employee go because, you know, they're bad or because they're not doing a great job. The market's shifting. And I think a lot of times this is such a great, like, I think anchor and connect because you started moving toward the right thing. It was a moment where you said, and I liked how you said control. You didn't have control of your financial destiny. And even, I I hate to use the cliche phrase, but you know, when was the best time to plant a tree? Well, yeah, 20 years ago was the best time to go build the skills and launch your business. But if you're listening to this and, and you're relating to this, the moment that Randy, you know, he already had a certain amount of skills, but then he started working on the next level. And when I think about it, the reason why I brought up the story about my buddy, you know, I think a lot of times people, in, in this scenario, like when we're going through challenges, like right now, you know, there's certain companies that are laying off tens of thousands of employees right now. And, and it's the big evil corporate behemoth. But the reality is like my buddy, he's not a big corporate behemoth, but he doesn't want to have to do that. He's not a bad person, but in order to save the other, you know, 25, 30 employees, you have to make decisions around ones and twos. And, and maybe in your case to save, you know, the other hundred stores, they had to make decisions around, I don't know, but I love the place that you're bringing us back to because you took that, you were not in control and you took the control into your hands and fast forwarded and made something for yourself. And I know the Randy of today, And so, you know, seeing the future, Randy, you did something. So here's the next question. What is the piece of advice that you find yourself sharing the most? I say this a lot. 
And I'm always encouraging folks to become more. Mm. And I can elaborate that on that a little bit more. Uh, as I began my journey and I was exposed to the personal development world, I was exposed to uh, Mr. Jim Rohn. I don't know if you're familiar with Jim or not, yeah. but he was a huge impact at the very beginning of my journey to get my mindset right. And one thing that he shared in his Challenge to Succeed audio program that I've listened to many, many times, <laughs> so many times that I couldn't even begin to count how many. But what he shared in there was that when he was being mentored by his early mentor, uh, Earl Schof, was that in order, what the one thing he used to always say, is in order to have more, you must first become more. And when that hit me the first time, I, you know, I mean, it, I just sat with that and I was like, okay, what does that mean? And to me, that's, you know, your skill set, your mindset, the way you look at things, the way you, even the, the beginning part of this conversation today, as far as the decision, right? So that's kind of where that brought me. Uh, and then you, the second part of that same sentence is that in order to have more, you must first become more, but then to become more, you must work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Mm. That was like, mind-blowing to me to the point where it's like, okay, I had spent the last, let's call it 20, 15, 20 years mm -hmm. stuck working, 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 right? Building, building, building this other person's or these groups of people's businesses. And I wasn't focusing on me. And I, so I flipped that there again. Mm -hmm. I started reading the books, listening to the audio programs, finding folks that are successful. Modeling has been huge for me, right? So that's, I don't necessarily try to recreate the wheel. I try to find folks that are doing what I see myself doing. And I just model after that the best I possibly can. Get in the rooms, shake the hands, right? So uh, become more. That's my thing that I love to share with folks. And whatever that means to them, I, you know, obviously I've kind of given you a little bit what that means to me, mm -hmm. um, but that's what I would encourage everybody to do is to try to, to see what that means and then just keep moving forward. Yeah. I think there's a ton of wisdom in what you just said. And one of the things that I really want to key in on, you know, reinventing the wheel, like you don't have to, you don't have to rebuild. And, and one of my favorite scriptures, you know, I think it's in Ecclesiastes. It is, it says, there's nothing new under the sun. And the thing that I've realized and, and what you said, hopefully the audience hears and it gives them permission because the reality is the majority of people who have found success found someone else that mentored them and taught them and said, hey, just just do this. And so when you were talking about, I forgot how you said it exactly, but like mirroring success or modeling, you said modeling, um, the people that you're modeling want you to, in air quotations, steal what they're doing. That's how we feel about it. We feel like, like we don't want to copy. We don't want to steal. But the reality is there's nothing new under the sun. And anybody that's successful and wants to give you, you know, the, the pathway to, to freedom and success, somebody else did that for them too. And so I think that's probably one of, yeah, there's been a ton of value in this already, but just that alone, like knowing that you know, you can model other people's success. And the reality is if you see something that I've done or that Randy's done or that anybody's done, this is why people, the more and more and more successful that people get, the more and more and more they give is because people, very, very few people get really, really successful by stepping over other people. It happens, but most people that are collaborative and, and really learn and, and grow up and grow down that's where the success really comes in. So I appreciate that perspective. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, that's you, and you said it collaborative. Those that's I was having a discussion with a friend of mine that is still working uh, for a W two job, and those were the two the two words that we came up with because I was trying to put it into words the difference between the entrepreneurial successful. You know, you put whatever label you want to put on it, right? Somebody that's that maybe has accumulated more than most. Let's just put it that way. And the two words that we decided were was collaboration, right? For the further I've gone down my journey, the more collaborative people are, right? Willing to give, willing to share, which has been completely eye-opening to me because from my past and my experience, that was not true because of my W-2 upbringing because that, that was the other word, was competitive. Mm. In, the, you know, in the W-2 corporate world, it always seems like it's a competitive thing. It's like, I've got to beat you or I've got to get this and I've got to get that. And, and I get that in the entrepreneurial world as well, right? We all have competition and we're always trying to be better, do better, but it's more of a, how can I help you help me Yeah. for, you know what I mean? And vice versa versus I just need to take what you have. It's a win-win versus a win-lose. Yeah. Once again, I didn't know that growing up. Yep. That's been part of what I've experienced. And so as I continue to try to give and add more things, keep giving and coming back to me. Right. So that's where it's just a fascinating thing that if folks can just wrap their head around that thought and that idea, mm-hmm. it's life. It was life-changing for me. Obviously, I can't speak for other folks, but that's how it was life-changing for me. And it all started back on that lovely day in 2007. And <laughs> that it looked like, you know, my world was coming to an end, yeah. but it actually was the very beginning. And obviously I'm, I'm grateful for that at this moment. You know, it's kind of crazy as you're saying that, and I don't know how much thought I've put into this, but I was thinking, I was talking to somebody a while back and he's in a very, very high financial position in one of the largest gold mines in the world. And he said, you know, really the next couple of positions that I would want to get to, he's basically like three positions to CFO. He's like, there's like 50 of us that are competing for like three positions. And the people that are in those next three positions, they're, they're not to retirement for like the next 15 or 20 years. So like, there's like 50 people from his perspective, there's like 50 people that are waiting for somebody to either die or retire. And there's 50 of them that are competing for the same job. And so it's kind of interesting because, I mean, just even thinking back to Kiyosaki and, and the school system and, you know, we're taught to not collaborate and we're taught to compete. And when you, when I hear that story that that guy was, it wasn't a story. He was telling me the situation that he's in. I'm telling a story about it now, but like, it just clicked for me. That's why it's that way in the W-2 world, because um, whether they intentionally do it or not, we're, we're taught to compete to get an extra dollar, where in, you know, the investing, collaborative, you know, coaching, teaching, mentoring, business world, the way we get a dollar is to help somebody else, whether it's through a good product, whether it's through helping them progress, whether it's through, you know, selling our product to a customer. Um, so it's completely different. And I'm not saying that the W-2 world has to be this way, but even in the W-2 world, I think if we shift and we figured out, you know, I don't have to step on somebody. Um, I just create more value, but ultimately at the end of the day, even back to control, the best way to control all of that is to own your destiny. And I'm fully, fully, fully aware that not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur not everybody wants to own their own business. I don't believe that W-2 is a cuss word, but if you love your W-2 job and you want to be a W-2 employee, the only way you're gonna truly find your freedom is to, to, to also, while you're a W-2 employee, also 
start being a passive investor. So it doesn't have to be either or. Um, there's different paths to get there. And I just want to acknowledge that because I've been accused of, you know, not just me, but I think a lot of times we get into the world of like W2 becomes a cuss word and it doesn't have to be that way. No, it doesn't. And that, and I, you know, my family, I still have, you know, my, my kids currently still have jobs, right? Their jobs are fine. They are fine. But if that's not your journey, if you realize that that is, you know, something you want to become free, right? The freedom part, the time freedom, uh, the financial freedom, you know, whatever kind of freedom you're looking for, they're just different ways, right? You can do it passively. You can do it part-time. Uh, it doesn't necessarily require jumping ship, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To get the result that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. It, the big, From that moment in 2007 until I was able to step away from my job was it was several years. Yeah. It was a journey. Yeah. It was learning, applying, pivot. Uh, pivot's my word. I like to use the word pivot, right? You yeah. just pivot yeah. and you just change. And as you begin to keep getting results, uh, more and more started to show up. Uh, but yeah, it's. It, I never want to come across to saying that W-2 is, yeah. is a, a bad thing because it serves its purpose. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you've just... My thing is I just want people to be aware that there's an option. Yeah. That's the thing that I, that in my experience, when I talk to folks is I don't think that people realize that it's not, it's not either or it can be both, but to, but to even just understand that there's an option is what I try to, to, to be the beacon of, right. To try to at least let them understand that business is not as difficult as you think it is. It's not. I used to think there was this big structured thing, right? Because that's where you work. It's you've got this hierarchy of of CEO and you know, I mean, all the way down the food chain, and you've got all these supplies and these systems and stuff. And it's not necessarily that to get started. It's not necessarily that at all. It's just a matter of finding a product or service that somebody else in the marketplace is looking for. Yeah. And you just bring it to them and add value. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's as simple as I can make it, right? Yeah. So that's what I've tried to learn how to do, right? Big, small. Uh, and then even, like you said, even investing passively, you're adding value to that investor that's going to put your money to work, right? And he's yeah. going to repay you in value, hopefully in a return. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the idea. Right. Uh, so anyways, there's just multiple ways of getting it done. So it's just, there again, it's just a mindset shift. Yeah. And if you start looking at trying to add value versus a competitive, I've got to get mine, mm-hmm. That's where I think that that's where a big shift can happen for for other folks for sure. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm, <laughs> I, I made this comment at one point in time, and and I got a lot of you know feedback on it, good and bad. Um, I said your boss will never pay you enough to be your, his neighbor. Um, and here's the thing, it's true, but the reason the reason why like I hesitated saying that for what Carol's like, Carol's like, don't say that. And I hesitated for a little bit to say that because here's the thing, Randy, I have a lot of employees and I love them to death. And so I'm really, really grateful for employees. And I'm really grateful for people who love showing up to work and they love their W-2 job. But, but that statement that I made is very true. Your boss is never going to pay you enough to be his neighbor. And that doesn't mean you couldn't be his neighbor though. And I love what you said. And I also love what you do, which we'll get into. Um, your boss will never pay you enough to be his neighbor or her neighbor for that matter. But that doesn't mean that you can't be their neighbor. Keep your W-2 job and figure out how to make more money if you want to be their neighbor. That's the, that's the thing that I keep 
feeling as a theme today too. Like if you get clear on what you want, it doesn't matter what everybody else has. Get clarity on where you want to go because nothing is revealed to you until you make a decision. So once you get really clear on what you want, if you decide you want to be your boss's neighbor, <laughs> then you got to figure out how to get there, right? And so um, I, I love all of this conversation. One last question and then let's get into Randy today and what you do because it's pretty exciting. Um, who has had the greatest impact on your life? You mentioned him a uh, time or two already today, but uh, I would say Robert Kiyosaki was has probably been the biggest influence on me uh, from where I am today. Uh, when I made that decision back in 2007, I, I didn't know where to go and I went to the library. That's the only thing I could think of to find the information I needed to get me out of the situation I was in. I, I, I didn't know where to go. I didn't necessarily have uh, family or even friends to, to fall back on to start asking these kinds of questions, the, the challenges that I was seeing in my own mind. I went to the library. And when I did, I found a lot of folks, you, you know, contribute or talk about, you know, um, rich dad, poor dad, when it comes to Robert Kiyosaki. But mine is retire young, retire rich is where my journey began. And that book was on the, the shelf of my local library and it jumped off the shelf. Uh, and not only did I start learning financial education, assets, liabilities, income statements, just things that I didn't even know were things. I mean, as I mentioned, I understood the financials of my the store I was running, but I didn't understand it on a personal level. Mm -hmm. It was, there again, eye-opening. But another thing I contribute to Robert is in, in the same book, he talked about how he invested in his own personal development. Mm -hmm. And he talked about the the program Lead the Field, Earl Nightingale's Lead the Field. Once again, I was never exposed to, never heard of any part of any personal development, let alone Earl Nightingale, anything like that. So when I made that decision, that's where that's a perfect example of what I was saying earlier is that when something was brought to my attention, I just took action on it. Mm -hmm. Back then, this was CDs, CD programs, right? I went straight, I bought the program and I just started diving in, which led me to Jim Rohn, which led me to... You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Earl it, and just ever continues. So to me, it's those pillars, right? It's the pillar of the financial education with the self-education of the personal development. And those two combined mm -hmm. is rocket fuel to get you exactly where you need to be. So Robert has been by far, and luckily a couple of years ago on one of the real estate guys uh, summit uh, trips, I actually had an opportunity to go up to him and, and thank him. And he wouldn't remember me to this day. And that's fine. I get it. But I, I actually had the opportunity to shake his hand, look him straight in the eye and thank him. Because had he not put in the effort to have those pages printed and made, mm -hmm. there again, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. So once again, it was Mr. Kiyosaki. He was definitely by far by the biggest influence as to where I am today. Because it's led me to not only the financial part, but I've, I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. All of it. Yeah. So anyways. Well, and that's the importance of finding that freedom too. It's not just about, you know, I think a lot of times it's, you know, the monetary and the trips and, you know, that that's all part of it. But you just said all like you're a better father, you're a better business person, you have the ability to be a mentor. There's so many things that I get to do um, that are non-monetary because of the success and the freedom that we've found. Like, and, and just as you were talking about that earlier with Robert, like, can you imagine, like, can you imagine if, if Robert someday gets to see the amount of like lives that he, you even said this, like you and I probably wouldn't be talking not only because 
he changed your trajectory, not only because he changed my trajectory, but you know, the majority, like so many of us are connected through the real estate guys who he changed their trajectory. And man, it's just, it really puts a fire in me, Randy. Like as you're, as you were saying all of that, it just really hit me with the sobering, you know, not only, I mean, someday he's going to get to see the impact that he made. I'm, I'm, I'm believing that. And, and then you bring it back to us too. And it just gets, it gets me lit up because I, man, if I can even just make a, a tenth of that impact, like how amazing is that going to be? You know? So, um, okay. In fairness to you, <laughs> let's bring you to today because this has been a great conversation and I'm curious to hear, you know, what, what has, what has all this led you to? Yeah. And I, this has been a blast. So just let me first off say thank you for the invitation. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, it really goes back to the, what we were just talking about. The I'm super passionate about helping folks see the options, right? The, the talk and teaching folks the personal development side, right? The mental shifts along with basic financial education. It doesn't have to be really very far in depth, right? There's folks out there that do that too, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But that the people that, and I, I always use the analogy of, you know, the matrix, right? So, you, you know, the red pill versus the blue pill. So let's say you've taken the red pill and it's like, okay, you realize there's something going on, but you're not sure exactly where. I like being that guy, yeah. meaning, okay, let me help you. Let's yeah. talk about it, right? How yeah. can I help you at least just start putting the puzzle pieces together? You've already gotten the vision. You've made the decision. Now what, right? So if I can kind of be that, that catalyst to help you start making that path or taking that path, from either either standpoint, whether it's the mindset or the financial part, that's what I really love doing. So it's uh, whether it's through content, it's like you said, if I can just impact a tenth, a fifth, uh, you know, whatever you put a number on, whatever, it yeah. doesn't matter. The number doesn't matter. But yeah. the point is, is that, you know, it's that giving. Mm. Obviously, had he not been willing to give that to us, mm. you and me and, and the millions of others that, that if it's impacted positively, we wouldn't be here. So it's like, okay, now what can I do to give back? Because you get to a certain level and yes, I want more. We all do. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's okay. Now I'm at the point now I want to start giving back. And uh, I just really have a good time having conversations, uh, having light bulb moments for folks mm -hmm. when you see it in their eyes and they're like, huh, wow. You know what I mean? That, that moment, I just really love that. Yeah. You, you made a comment earlier, you know, it took you another three, three years or something after your, your, you know, your little situation there with your supervisor coming in. So, so what was next and that, you know, kind of bring us to today because, um, you're, tell us what you do today. Cause yeah, I know you want to help people, but like, what do you do? Of course, just quickly, I'll just tie up as far as those three years you, you asked about, and I just, I quit my retail position and I went to a more of a sales position that gave me back my time. When I retail, I was working all the time, basically seven days a week. I went to a sales position that gave me back my time, but I took that time and I went to work, meaning I was educating my, I was reading the books, listening to the podcasts were just starting to come out at that point, uh, but it was more audio programs. They talk, you know, I always have heard, you know, turn your car into an audio uh, uh based in audio education, basically, right? So anyways, that's what I did. And I was just pounding through information and starting to take some take some action. I ended up, uh, when I decided to leave my W-2 job, 
which kind of uh, correlates with what I do today. I actually started to go work uh, and drive Uber and Lyft at first, right? I would drive Uber and Lyft in the mornings, and then I would have my evenings and afternoons, and then whenever I decided not to do that, to do what you know, right now, what I do is uh, e-commerce. Amazon e-commerce is my is my business. That's what I do on a day to day basis, and that's actually what I do. Also, is I train and help folks figure out and learn how to build e-commerce business, and it's different than what. Most people say it's not drop shipping, it's not private label. It's the basics of basically finding a, finding something of value, bringing it to the Amazon marketplace, having Amazon help with the transaction because they're obviously obviously doing the fulfillment and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you take a, a little bit of the spread, right? So and then you can scale that as big or as small as you want. But it's a great place to start, and that's where I started to learn the basics of business because then you got to start learning your numbers. You have to start learning some inventory. If you hire some folks, right, you're going to have to start learning how to manage and create systems and processes. And, you know, we can go on and on. You can ask any more questions that you might have. But that's what I do is I help folks on top of running my own business from the house. I help folks figure out ways to find profitable products on the Amazon catalog Mm -hmm. that you can then source over and over and over again. Um, to the point where you can build it and scale it as big as you, you choose. And that's that's really what we do in a nutshell. Yeah, I love it. And actually, I've, I'm have i not an expert in any of that by any means, um, but been exposed to a lot of people that do a lot of different versions. And the whole drop shipping, you know, triage between like Walmart, Amazon, like I actually love what you're talking about because you know, if anybody's listening and and wants to get into the Amazon space, the way that you do it um, and the business model that you've built, I think is the way that it needs to be done long-term because a lot of this other stuff is super risky. Um, I'm I'm not saying that you can't make money over there, but I know some people that have really lost their shirt on this whole, you know, triage and, and drop shipping and, and all of this other stuff. And I'm not crapping on that, but literally I know a lot of people, people who are probably listening to this show right now, people that I'm friends with that have invested a lot of money in those kind of things and literally have had their, you know, Amex accounts frozen and all kinds of stuff because of, you know, shady characters. But what you're talking about is super cool because you learn really, you know, what is the products that people need? And you learn how to figure out supply and demand and, and you figure out the back end of, of Amazon and how to teach people how to build their stores and all. I love this. And so if somebody's interested in taking this further, how do, because you, you said this already, but you actually mentor people through the process. And you were telling me a story about, you know, a, a recent girl that you've been mentoring that's just so excited. And I love hearing stories like that, because when it comes to investing for freedom, whether we own our businesses, whether we have a W-2 job, the goal is always, 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 always to get more streams of income. And I think this is a great way to do it. Yeah, this is a simple, I call it simple, right? It's not easy, uh, but it's very simple especially for somebody that's beginning the ideas of entrepreneurship, wanting to tip their, you know, dip their toes into trying to figure out how to build a business because this is just a, as much of a legitimate business as a brick and mortar, right? I still get all the advantages of a, of a regular business. Um, you can start then getting uh, some different advantages with uh, uh, running a home office, employees, whatever you might have. So obviously those are discussions that can be had depending on what other people are, are looking for. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's a lot of fun. 
I, I expressed to this young lady that you're referring to, I told her that once you get this, once you get the idea of looking for value, right? You try to add value. You're finding somebody that's looking for something and you put them, put that thing in front of them, have that transaction happen, which then that's, that's where the value is created. So then you get to profit from that. Once that mind shift happens, I told her the sky's the limit because you can do that with anything, right? So this is a very, you can start small and then build it up. You know, you can have thousands and thousands of dollars of inventory, but that's after it's been proven. You start very small and then you build it up from there and you scale it as big or as small as you need. Um, And that's where the beauty of the Amazon, the FBA e-commerce is because Jeff Bezos and all, he's he's created all of that, right? And I don't need there again to recreate the wheel. I just need to partner with him. Amazon is my partner. And we take a profit spread, basically, right? He takes a share, I take a share. And at the end of the day, we're both happy. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. So Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. So if somebody's interested in finding Randy, whether it's just for inspiration, connection, or mentoring, um, where do we go to find you? Yeah, the best place I've, I've got everything branded, just Randy Wilson Online. You can, randywilsononline.com is, is my website. You can email me at Randy at randywilsononline.com and just put in there that you heard from, you know, from us and you've enjoyed this story here with Mike on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Just tell me a little bit about yourself. I'd love to try to give you as much as I possibly can in value in return. I've got some uh, basic video trainings I can send out. Uh, I actually have a copy of a book that I participated in as well that I can send that as well as, as a as a free freebie. So anyway, it's just an email, randy at randywilsononline.com. You can search for me on the socials, uh, same place, Randy Wilson Online. And I'll uh, be more than happy to interact with as many people that would be interested. Easy peasy. Well, Randy, I appreciate this and... Um, just appreciate getting to know you. I, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a fun journey. So thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it, Mike. It's been a lot of fun. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.